Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Who is this Jesus? It's a great question to answer, isn't it? There is nobody like Jesus. Never has been, never will be. Nobody has influenced the world like Jesus has, and he's still changing lives today. Amen? Amen. Before I became a pastor, I was a house painter, and I had my own business for 15 years, and some of the things I learned about businesses helped me to lead and run the church. And uh, when you're in business, you get to know your employees pretty well. You have great employees that just work well and just, you know, focused and stay on task. And then you have these other workers, they're easily distracted. And they can easily get off task. And when you're the boss, you get to know your employees pretty well. Phil Whiting worked for me. Outstanding he was. Probably the best employee I had, and I had some great ones. Outstanding young man. But you do, you get to know your employees pretty well. You have those workers that are faithful and committed, and those ones that just like to slap around. Now, it can be challenging, like when you go away, like sometimes you're called away from the job site, you're at peace when you've got one of these good and faithful servants who just know how to work. But when you've got one of these ones that are prone to be slacking about, you can be a little bit nervous. It's not that they won't do anything, it's more that they can do something really stupid while you're away. When you have these employees, you know, I would often give them an early day and they were happy with that. Let them go early and then go and organise my next job, go see a project manager, pick up some paint. And that's what I used to do. And it's amazing with workers, like say you have been away for a little bit of time and you come back, conversation with a good worker is easy. What have you been doing? Oh, painted the lounge, painted the hallway, going to go into the bedrooms, great, well done. But with the slack worker, and I've had a few, even the conversations are difficult. They never say, look, I've just done nothing. I've been mucking around. They have excuse after excuse after excuse. <laughs> well, I wasn't too sure what colour this was to be and where you wanted me to go, or I didn't want to make a mistake, and, but you could have filled some holes. Well, I didn't know what filler to use, so you did nothing. Well, I was waiting for you to come back. Ah, they always have excuses. And I had a few employees over my time when I um, went out of business. I, I worked by myself for a few years, and then I got one, and then I got two, and then I had three, and they turned around a little bit at times. And so I had a few employees. But who would agree with me? You have the good ones, and you have those ones that you've just got to stay on their case to keep them motivated and focused. And Steve will know what I'm talking about. And there's a few other bosses in here who know exactly what I'm talking about. And I could tell you some stories 
about some slack workers when I was in business. One day, one day, I had two working for me at the same time. That's not good. Anyway, I had them out painting some feet, and uh, I didn't mind them working together because when you're painting, you can talk and work at the same time. But these guys were just talking and not working, so I went out and went, right, right, I'm taking you to the opposite side of the house. Oh, they can't talk to each other now. And then I noticed that they were on their phones all the time. And so I, I went out to one of them and went, Oi, give me your phone and you're messaging. They were messaging each other. <laughs> I went, right, that's it. From now on when you come to work, your cell phones stay in the club boxes. These guys always got something to say though, haven't they? They've always got a reason. And they go, but, but, but what if our mum wants to get hold of us like there's a disaster or something terrible's happened? And I said, well, I'll message both your mothers now and I'll let them know that they are to message me. <laughs>
What will I have for lunch? <laughs> will I have a souvlaki or KFC or will I have some Chinese and go around? And, and, and finally we got to lunch, we made it. And uh, this particular day, can't get it now, but I love that bed of rice with honey barbecue pork and the, the sauce through it and one of those large chicken kebabs with peanut sauce. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there eating that and Lisa got sushi. Who gets sushi? Lisa gets sushi. And uh, she ate her sushi quite quickly and then she said to me, I'm going to go to the toilet. I'm going to leave you in charge of the children. She said it twice. I don't know why she said it twice. She got, I'm leaving you in charge of the children while I go to the toilet. I'm like, we're at a little table and Ruby's here and Jonty's here and I'm like, yeah, I got this. I mean, I'm the father of the house and the protect, protector and the provider and you're safe, isn't she? She's safe. She can confidently go to, go to the toilet knowing that the kids are safe with me. Anyway, she went to the toilet and then she came back and with a bit of like anger and anxiety in her voice, she said, Where's Jonty? Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm sure he's here somewhere. He wasn't. I kid you not, Jonty has superpowers. <laughs> because he disappeared right before my very eyes. <laughs> I mean, either he disappeared right before my very eyes, or I just got focused on only eating. <laughs> everyone knows he's got superpowers. Right? Everyone knows he's got superpowers. He honestly just disappeared right in front of me. I can't understand it. But anyway, that was frightening. And record them all, and you got a two-year-old missing, and like, did he go that way, or that way, or that way, and then down another way? We did not know where he was. And isn't it amazing when someone's missing, uh, your focus isn't shopping anymore, or even lunch. It's about finding who was lost. But anyway, as we were coming into the mall, they had these little plastic uh, shopping carts that were cars, and Jonky wanted to hop in one when we were coming through, but you don't want to take that through the, the clothing shops. So we said, no, 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 we'll come back to that later. Anyway, it was about a hundred metres and we ran to those and to our delight, there he was in one of those cars. He didn't even know he was lost, he was just playing, but uh, we were so delighted to find him. We picked him up, we hugged him, we kissed him and, Johnny, don't do that again, get me in trouble. <laughs> but we found him. And so today's message is called search party. A search party is a group of people taking part in an organised search as for a lost, missing or wanted person. And that's what we're looking at today. And I'm going to take you to a parable of Jesus and this is in Luke 15 verses 1 uh, onward. So this is verse 1 and 2. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. This him is Jesus. And I think it's incredible that sinners and the worst type of sinners are drawn to Jesus. I believe that's because he is so kind and caring and loving 
and compassionate, that he is attractive to those people who are lost and lost in their sin. Yeah. So these people are drawn to Jesus. And I also wonder if they're drawn to Jesus because, like, when you get the sinners and the worst type of sinners, I mean, they've tried everything, haven't they? Every vice, everything you could be addicted to, they've tried it all, and they still fall short, and they still feel empty, and so, man, let's give this Jesus a go. Yeah. We've tried everything else, and nothing else has satisfied our souls, and this guy is kind and loving and compassionate, and they're drawn to him. And the, so I'll start that again. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So Jesus is preaching to a crowd, but this is typical of Jesus. He's got two crowds. He's got the sinners and the worst type of sinners. And you imagine the worst type of sinners you can imagine, like drunkards, druggies, gang members, robbers. That's one part of the crowd. But the other crowd is the religious crowd, the people that we might liken to people in the church. You think of the best type of Christian you may know. This is the other part of the crowd. And so let's have a look at tax collectors. Why were they seen as the worst sinners of them all? Well, Rome was the world power in Israel. They ruled most of the known world. And so when you've got an empire, you need money to keep your empire going. So they wanted tax. And so this is what they would do, is they would put up regions or provinces for tender. And you had these people known as publicans or tax collectors would bid for that region. And so just let's say this is mid-Canterbury that we live in. This would be a region that goes up and somebody might bid a million dollars. What they would do is give that million dollars to Rome and then they would get the paperwork and the authority to collect tax in that region. But they would collect more than their fair share. They made a lot of money off the people of the land. And so if you're a Jewish person and you see a Jewish tax collector collecting tax for Rome, you see them as a traitor. And, and somebody who was dishonest and the worst type of sinner. And then you have the Pharisees. They are the other part of the crowd, and these are the people who feel like they hear from God, and that they have authority from God, and they have authority to write rules and laws, like they hear from God and they put laws and burdens, or known as a yoke, upon the people. So the sinners loved Jesus because he was kind, loving, and compassionate. But the Pharisees, they didn't like Jesus because he broke their rules. He did not break God's rules, just man-made religious rules. Yeah. And so for a Pharisee, they believed that you were guilty by association. So if you associated with sinners, you associated with their sin. But Jesus wants us to understand it is not like that. That's right. It is not like that. I mean, he calls us to be the light of the world, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. He tells, you know, the church to go into all the world. Not the world to come to the church, but the church to go to the world and yeah. to have, a, have the um, 
heart for the lost and to search them out yeah. so that we may win them. I mean, the church is called to preach the gospel. The church is called to make disciples. The church is told to go. And anybody who does not know God is lost. And we are to be a search party today that goes out and looks for lost people. Amen. So the audience is the good guys and the bad guys. The good guys were the churchgoers, self-righteous, full of judgment and empty on mercy. We don't ever want to become like that. Now verse 3. So he spoke this parable to them. What is a parable? A parable is a story that has some punch. And so Jesus would speak in parables or stories so that we could understand God and the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you to do this whenever you read or listen to a parable is this. Put yourself in the story. Yeah. Whenever you have a parable... Put yourself in the story and put yourself in the story with an open heart and an open mind and a willingness to learn and to listen from God. And so where do you fit in this crowd that Jesus is preaching to? So he spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. There's rejoicing when somebody who is lost is found. I mean, this shepherd isn't happy because he's found his two uh, front shoulder roasts, his two back leg roasts, and his chops. I mean, in this story, the shepherd is God or Jesus, and the sheep are you and I. Yeah. Short-sighted and not very intelligent. <laughs> That's what sheep are. That's why we need a shepherd, okay? And the good shepherd leaves the congregation where everyone is found to go after the lost person. He loves us. And if we lose our way, and I should probably say when we lose our way, he comes looking for us. He loves us so much that he will, he will chase us down. He'll go out and he'll look for us. Because he won't rest until the lost is found. You know, when somebody's lost, your focus isn't on shopping or your lunch. It's about finding that lost person. Amen? And Jesus doesn't run from sinners. He runs to them. He goes out of his way to find them. So, when a sheep gets lost, whose responsibility is it to find it? The sheep to find the shepherd, or is it the responsibility of the shepherd to find the sheep? It's the responsibility of the shepherd, isn't it? Yeah. 
And that's the same with lost people. It's our responsibility to go out and look for them yes. and to find them. The Bible tells the church to go, not the world to come. We're to go and find the lost, not the lost to find us. And that day in Rickard and Mall, it wasn't like, oh well, at least we've still got Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we could make some more. <laughs> I mean, our priority was on the lost, and uh, that should be our heart, is finding the lost, looking for the lost. And when something is of great value to you, you won't rest until it's found. And so what I want us to do today is to take on the heart of God and the heart for lost people, people who are far from God. You know, when Jonty was lost, he didn't even realise he was lost. And that's how often it is like for uh, people who are backslidden. I mean, they've just been head down, busy, doing this, doing that, and they don't even realise they're sliding away from God or they've moved away from God or they find themselves as lost. And, and I know for me, um, before I was a Christian, I didn't even understand lost and found. I was so lost. I was in the kingdom of darkness. I was an alcoholic. I was far from God, but when you're in the kingdom of darkness, you cannot see. You can't even you can't even see God or where God is or or even know how to be found. You're so lost, you don't even realise you're lost. But thankfully, somebody invited me to a church, and it was in a church like this that I found God. The gospel made sense. When people preached the word of God, I got it. I loved the worship. And so I'm so thankful that when I was lost, somebody reached out to me and invited me to their church. And uh, that's what we're to do. We're to go out and look for lost people and give them the invitation so that uh, they can find Christ. And, you know, people can be lost in the busyness of life and just uh, like a sheep, short-sighted. And... Um, and not that intelligent, just out there lost. And I want to say again, anyone who does not have a relationship with God is lost. So it can be somebody that's backslidden or somebody that's never, ever had a relationship with God. But it's our job to form a search party to go out and find them and to bring them to God and to bring them home. Now, Jonty is part of our family. And when he was missing, part of us was missing. Yeah. We are a church family. And when somebody slides away or is missing, part of us is missing. Yeah. And I'm sure right now that many of us can think of somebody who we know who has lost their way. Can we form a search party to go today and go out and find them. Who's the one that God's put on your heart that you'd leave here today and go and search out and seek? I mean, many of us have been in this church a long time and if we were to go through our contacts on our phones, we would 
find that we know many people that are lost and missing. Could we invite them around for a meal? Could we ask for catch up for a coffee? Could we reach out to them and ask them how they're doing? It's good that we can meet as a crowd today. It's so good that you're all here. I love it that you're here. But we always want to remember and think about who isn't here and who God wants to reach and who God wants to touch and who God wants to see found in his love and his goodness. And for some of you, it could be hard for you sitting here today, like knowing that somebody is lost. And I give you permission right now if you want to run out and uh, go and, uh, and see somebody because it's on your heart. Wouldn't it be great if we all got up and ran away and like compelled, like I can't sit here in church knowing that I've got a friend who is lost. Yeah. I can't just be here and enjoy the worship and have a cup of tea with friends when I know that one, somebody I know is lost and far from God and feeling compelled to go and reach them. And that's how it was with, with us and Jonty. We weren't just going to finish our shopping and finish our meal and maybe have a look for him at the end of the day. I mean, when somebody is lost, it brings about an urgency. And I just want you to understand God's urgency and heart for the lost. He couldn't just sit with the 99 knowing that somebody was lost and far from God. And often Jesus would use dual parables where he would use, say, two parables to emphasize a point that he wanted to make. Here he uses three. There's three parables in a row. It starts with the lost sheep. And then we have the parable of the lost coins that shows us that we can actually be in the house of God and still be lost. Yeah. Wow. And then there's the greatest of them all, the parable of the two lost sons. The two lost sons and the loving, forgiving father. And it teaches us that God's door is always open to us. We can always return we can always come back to him. But for me it would be sad to think that the lost younger son is putting off returning home because he knows the harsh judgment of the people of the church, good. otherwise known as the older brother. Yeah. Good. We don't ever want to become like Pharisees. We want to have a heart for people, no matter what they've done. Yeah, God's heart and his door is always open yeah. to them. And so I want to preach to the people inside the church today that we always want to have a heart for the broken, the lost people. Yeah. That this can be a place where they can come and experience the love of Jesus Christ where there's no judgment, no condemnation, yeah. just love, grace, yeah. forgiveness, oh. and mercy. Yeah. And, I, and this is my message for you today and for the message for you to take out that no matter how far you've wandered or how low you've sank, your father is waiting with open arms and an open heart ready to forgive you and to take you back. So the title of today's message was Search Party, 
A search party is a group of people taking part in an organised search as for a lost, missing or wanted person. God wants more people in his kingdom. God wants the lost people to be found. So again, I want to ask you this. Who is your one that you would leave here today and go after them and seek them? Wouldn't it be incredible if everybody here left the 99 today and went out searching for the one? The one that God's put on their heart that, you know, God wants to use you to reach them. So who is your one? And the last verse, and I love this. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. God loves it that we come out and connect. I mean, when we start to worship and praise Him, He is here. He's in our midst. He comes. He's attracted to that. He loves it that we that we uh, have read and learn the Word of God together and that we connect. He loves that. But man, I'll tell you, if there's anything He loves more than that, it's when a sinner repents. Yeah. Yeah. Or when somebody leaves the kingdom of darkness and comes into the kingdom of light. When somebody gets revelation of the Father's heart, the love of God, and they come to Him. And all these parables talk about the rejoicing when the lost is found. When the lost is found. Heaven is in celebration. And uh, I, I love it. I love it when people come to Christ. It's one of my favourite things because I know how good it was for me. Uh, I know what it is to be lost and I know what it is to be found. And uh, that's my heart, that the lost would be found. I'm going to get Grace and the team up now. And we're going to sing a song called The Reckless Love of God. And it's actually a song that's been written about this parable. About how God would leave the 99 to go after the one. And I love the reckless love of God. See, God isn't reckless, but His love is reckless. Think about this, that He would leave heaven to come to earth. And then He would just actually lay Himself on a whipping post for us. You see, sin needs to be punished. God is a just God, so even He requires justice. His love is so reckless that He would be whipped in our place to pay the punishment for our sin. And then He would stretch out His arms wide and be nailed to a cross for us. Isn't that reckless love that he would put us first before himself? He would endure our pain, not even considering considering what it would cost him. And then time and time again, I think of the reckless love of God. Like I think about how many times do we pain him, hurt him, let him down? How does he respond each and every time? with grace, with love, and with mercy. Even though we cause him pain, he always takes the approach, I forgive you, my door is open, 
come to me. I rejoice when you return to me. Isn't that reckless love? Let's stand to our feet. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much that you would chase us down. And Lord, I just ask in the house today that there would be an urgency for the lost. Lord, that we would go out and we would be a search party looking for those people far from God. Lord, that uh, we would have a desire to see them reached. And Lord, and when we see them come to you in the kingdom of God, we would celebrate with you. And so, Lord, we speak to the harvest. We speak to every lost person. And Lord, we declare we want to see them found. We want to see them found. And right now we celebrate and we thank you for your amazing, reckless love. In Jesus' name.